Hello, this is Jeremy Shackford with WFR Church. I am the online minister here at the church, and we are in our third episode of Renewing Your Mind with David Bromley. So I hope you're ready to stick with this. We've got a great topic today in the work of the Holy Spirit. David, why don't you kind of catch us up with where we are at this point? As you said, Jeremy, uh, this is our third episode, episode one. We looked at God's design uh, for us and how He expect us to grow and that it is the continuing work of our, uh, actually how God has designed us to grow and that uh, and, and expects us to grow. And with that, it is the continuing work of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, and this renewing our, our minds and, and our spirits and, and, and redemption and sanctification. A lot of different words we'll use interchangeably there. Uh, the second episode we looked at was uh, how God designed us, that we are more than just a body, that we are a body, and that we are a soul, and that we are a spirit, and that how God renews each part of us. And then we also introduced and have a, another podcast, that a shorter one that explains this, this renewing your mind experience, uh, where we, we ask people to be consistent in putting scripture in their life in a very intentional way, prayer, worship, and then finding a few people to do that with in community. And as we do that, and as we grow, as our minds are renewed, God is sanctifying our souls or renewing our minds. And literally, as we'll find out in the fifth episode, literally rewiring our brains as we infuse truth in our life. This is pretty exciting stuff. And uh, again, as we said, this is the continuing work of redemption in our life. There is that being made right, that justification, and then that puts us on the path of sanctification, of holiness. This week, uh, we look at the Holy Spirit. And while we do this study in the third episode, it really could fit anywhere. It could, we could have started with the Holy Spirit. We could have ended with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in and out of, of all of this because it is the Holy Spirit that actually does the work of redemption uh, in, in our lives. Uh, we do have plans in subsequent podcasts later on uh, to do a study of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but for now, there are a few facts about the person of the Holy Spirit that we want to put out there. So we start with a baseline assumption. One, he is deity. We see him from the very beginning in Genesis 1. Um, it, there in the creation. He is God. Um, part of the triune nature of God. Uh, he is the power behind our sanctification, the holiness that we and the character development and the renewing of our mind that is happening in us is the power, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we'll see that a lot uh, in, in this lesson. The, as we alluded to, the renewing of your mind experiences with prayer, worship, Bible reading, uh, and study all empower the Holy Spirit. And from Romans 8, which we will get to later on, he is God in us. So the Holy Spirit is um, is a major, major, uh, I wouldn't even say a major, uh, that's that's an understatement. He is the, the power behind our redemption and, and, and holiness. So we get to, we're going to spend some time here in Romans 7 and 8 today as we get to the the work of the Holy Spirit in renewal. Um, we'll start in Romans 7, and while we'll spend some time today breaking down some of the texts in Romans 7 and 8, this is 
in our in our brief time here in this episode there's just not adequate time to to delve into that at some point in the future we may do a whole series of podcasts on the book of Romans because when you pull up in the middle of Romans 7 uh, where we're pulling up in verse 13 that's right in the middle of a major context of things but you got to start somewhere uh, to get to the point we're making so we're going to start there in Romans 7 verse 13 uh, we encourage people to uh, follow along with us because we will be reading, discussing the text, reading, discussing back and forth. Uh, and if they're unable to because they're driving or wherever they are listening to this, we ask that they follow up uh, with this with their Bible. Of course, we will have uh, PowerPoints and a PDF uh, on the episode as well as uh, some of the resources that we have there as well. So we're going to read a little bit here. In Romans chapter 7, and I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version uh, today. Now, as we read this, I want to refer everybody back to the previous uh, episode when we talked about body, soul, spirit. Because those words will be in here. They'll be in words like uh, mind, which is our soul. They'll be words like flesh, which is our body. Those are synonymous terms that are there. And then the spirit will be in there. And there is the the big S Holy Spirit uh, that we talk about. And there's the little s spirit, which is our human spirit. Uh, and as we said last time, whether we're body and soul or body, soul, spirit, sometimes is a manner of semantics and even framing. Uh, the idea is that if the soul is part of the spirit is spirit part of the soul when we understand that what we're doing is being renewed um the the work that we do uh how are we divided down um the end result is is uh is what we're going for there so read with me here uh follow along and think that body soul spirit body flesh soul mind mentality verse 13 did that which is good then bring death to me by no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. I'm going to stop right there for just a second, because I want to set the context for what he just got through talking about to say these words in verse 13. Quick summary, 7 through 12, uh, he talks about the law. And in specifically he's talking about the law of Moses but generally he's talking about law in general uh, the law is the writing down or the codification of God's character it's putting into words and livable actionable terms how humanity should live with God as their God and how they interact how we as humans interact with God uh, and and he, he wrote that down and put that down for us. The law is not the problem. Fallen humanity because of sin in the world is the problem. While we do not believe that we are guilty of Adam's sin, there is some debate on that in the world, in the religious world, just know that. We are deeply affected by it in ways that we cannot even fathom. Uh, we try to even wrap our minds around it. It, it kind of makes us scratch our heads. So when he says something like that, did that which is good bring death to me? No. Law didn't bring death. Sin brought death. And so the law was not the problem. 
I am the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin in me is the problem. And the idea here, this whole idea of sinful beyond measure, to, is the is the idea that to see the ramifications upon my relationship with God and the eternal devastation of the na- of the nature of sin. There is no return from sin under the law. To make sin the NIV says utterly sinful and the ESV sinful beyond measure is basically saying this law is a reflection of who God is and how I interact with him and I don't measure up. And that, it just leaves me hopeless. So before we can ever understand renewal, we've got to recognize our hopelessness. And that is what Romans 7 is about. you got to understand a little bit of Romans 7 before you get to Romans 8 and all the good news. So let's keep reading just a little bit. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but to do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So here you have this idea that the problem is not the law, but it is the, but I am enslaved to something that I can't shake. I want to do the right thing, but I can't because of sin. It's a picture of enslavement, or rather being mastered by something else. So the real question is, what is ruling my life? We think back to the previous podcast when we had the whole idea of, of what are what is ruling me. Is my soul ruling me, or my mind ruling me with anxiety and selfishness? Is my flesh ruling me, where I'm just giving in and doing what my flesh wants? Or... Is God ruling me through his Holy Spirit in my spirit, that God part of me? Verse 17. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Now, this is referring, not referring to depersonalization or possession, but rather domination or control. What am I letting dominate my life? And in this particular case, the, the, the flesh Paul is saying is ruling his life, or his mind is. He wants you. In fact, in verse 18, notice the tension there. Nothing good dwells in me. And at the same time, he says, I have the desire to do what is right. He's referencing the different parts of us that battle. My mind, I want to do this, but I don't have the ability to carry it out because my flesh is controlling me. Here is a key phrase in all of this. Ah, let me, before I get to that, let me finish reading the text. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. And I take that to mean our mind. But I see in my members, I take that to be our flesh, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. This picture 
this enslaving thing, has a key phrase. I do not have the ability to carry it out. It's not a matter of knowledge or practice, as we referenced in, I think, in our first episode, the do-betters. I've got to know more. I've got to do better. It's not a matter of knowledge or practice, which is where we often go. But it's a matter of, of what am I letting control. Again, notice the tension. It's not about knowing right or wrong. It's about the ability to overcome flesh. And then we end up with the inevitable conclusion where the law points who the law magnifying God's holiness and we compare ourselves to that, we end up with this statement. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That is exactly where we need to be because that is where God does his best work. As long as I think that I can do it, I limit the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification in my life. Because I push him away. I don't empower him with word. I get myself in the way too much. And I, I, I refer us back to chapter 7 and verse 13. When he says that it's one of the reasons that the law is there is so that it can be utterly sinful. Or be shown sin as, as uh, for what it is, become sinful beyond measure. That I can't measure up. So that leads me to... What a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me? And then verse 25, uh, where we all need to land. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God in my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And that my I desire my mind and my soul to do right, but my flesh can't. So where do I go from here? Well, thank goodness he wrote chapter 8. And that's where we go to next. And that's where we get to. Once we recognize the work of the law, the work of the Holy Spirit, and as we uh, recognize and, and deal with our own hopelessness, we recognize uh, the work of the Holy Spirit and renewal in our in recognizing our hope. And that's where we turn the page. There is, therefore, because I'm a wretched man and because thanks be to God for things, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Good news, you're not condemned, because you are you are in Christ, you're a child of God. Now there's a lot in those four verses that we could flesh out for a, from now to the Lord comes back, and just trying to wrap our minds about how powerful those four verses are. But suffice to say, for our purposes here today, Good news, you're not condemned because you're in Christ. God takes that simple desire and desperate plea and applies Christ's sacrifice to us and puts us under a new law, one that doesn't point out sin. Sin, you die, and points out sin, but one that is a new law of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is of renewal and of sanctification, where law pronounces us guilty, 
Jesus takes the guilt and gives us the Holy Spirit that enables us to live out our true desires not to be enslaved by the flesh. That is a lot. That is a whole lot. And that is the hope that we have in Christ. It continues. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Again, there you go. You see that mind, soul, body, flesh uh, tension there. But those who live according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Holy Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, here you go, it cannot. Just like I don't have the ability to get my flesh under control, I, my flesh cannot submit to God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But because I have the Holy Spirit, I can. And that's what we're going to get to next. It's not about, uh, it's, it's a question about what is ruling our life. Again, I refer people back to the the PowerPoint of if we're letting the Spirit rule our whole being, then our body is able to come in our, the Holy Spirit joins with our spirit, then our body or flesh can come under His control. And I'm not a slave to those desires. Same thing with my mind. I have the ability, because of the Holy Spirit in me, to set my mind on the things of the Holy Spirit. Not in my own. My own biggest battles I face are between my own ears. The point here is obvious. obvious. The desires of the flesh lead us away from our true design, purpose, and desires. Whenever we let the Holy Spirit rule in our life, then that God's intended order can take place. Um, law never promises this. Grace does. The Holy Spirit is literally a game changer. It is the way that we can fill this out, fulfill this. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Notice the contrast between the flesh versus the spirit. There is a change in status that's taken place. There's something different ruling our life here. It's not our flesh anymore, and we're not a slave to that. We are now being ruled by the Spirit. In fact, notice the phrase, in you. It is in our flesh. Where do we struggle? In the flesh. Where does the Holy Spirit reside? In you, in this flesh. The power to live holy comes from the Holy Spirit. He brings life to our mortal bodies, that which is not immortal. He gives life to it, to something that is dying. Let's continue reading. Romans uh, 8, verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... 
uh, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, himself bears witness with our spirit, you see those parts of us there, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Again, there is a lot there. We are indebted, or in some versions it says obligated, which means we owe it to God to live according to the spirit, not the flesh. Why? Verse 13, because our desire is to live. If we desire to live, then we must go this direction because it is what we were designed for. Verse 14 and 15, we were not designed to be slaves to fear. We were designed to be children of God and call that out. Uh, note that by the spirit phrasing is there uh, and compare that to the Galatians 5 passage, which we won't turn to. But in the fruit of the Spirit, as you live by the Spirit and you keep in step with the Spirit, certain things will come out uh, of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. When the Holy Spirit is living in us. When my mind or my flesh is living, love, joy, peace, patience doesn't come out. In fact, it's the other things that come out that, that I do not want to um, to have come out. Another phrasing here. Uh, the spirit to our spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit. That is our God image, our true design. It's the Holy Spirit joining with us uh, as God intended for the purpose of restoration. And that is where peace is. That's where we can live at peace, even though this in a fallen world and, and, and even still in a, in a fallen state, but we're renewed and redeemed regenerated, redeemed uh, daily because the Holy Spirit testifies that we are children of God, which is our true identity, and he's made it happen. The other the other thing, that the reason we are indebted or obligated to live this way, uh, it's not only just because of our desire to live. We were, we were created to live, not to die, because that is our true creation or identity, but because of hope. Uh, verse 17 talks about there that, that there's something beyond that we are heirs. So what does all this mean? The only way that we can live holy is with the Holy Spirit in us. We cannot do it by ourselves. I, my flesh will not lead me to holiness. My mind will not lead me to holiness. I may be able to recognize the things in my flesh that I don't like. I might see the things in my behavior I don't want to be. And I may commit to, to not doing those sinful things anymore or be controlled by that. And I may not want, I may recognize the negative thoughts and, and patterns in my mind and say, okay, I'm going to do better. But my will can only go so far. It's the Holy Spirit that renews all that. And that's why when we do this renewing your mind challenge and experience of putting consistently, putting scripture in and putting God's truth in and praying, uh, however you pray, whether it be writing, whether it be out loud, 
and then putting worship in on a regular basis and developing the, that pattern and that habit and that rhythm of those things, it literally empowers the Holy Spirit to do the work. It's not empowering me to do the work. It's letting the Holy Spirit reign more and more and more in my life. That's what motivates us to keep doing this even when I don't feel like doing it. I'm not doing it for me directly. I'm doing it to empower the Holy Spirit, and that motivates different. Again, the Holy Spirit is a game changer in all of this. It's, 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 was part of God's, is part of God's plan to renew us and to renew our minds as He redeems our whole life. Now, that may feel like we're getting a, a little drink out of a fire hydrant, but I encourage people to, with their comments, uh, go back and uh, listen to this. When I listen to podcasts like this that seemingly, uh, goes very fast through a text. I try to go back and listen to it. So I encourage people to do that. Send us your comments with that. Well, I'm tired now, Jeremy. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot in a short amount of time. And there's so much more in that text. I encourage people to mine through and dig into. Thank you, David. And all I can say is, wow, that is amazing. And I want to thank our audience for being a part of this and joining us in this podcast. And not just for joining us, but for your desire to grow in your relationship with Christ and to grow in your faith. Thank you for doing that. We also want to say that if you have more questions, if you have comments, you can reach out to us at info at wfrchurch.org. And, of course, go online to your app store and download our app at WFR Church. We have a next episode coming up is going to be the transformational truth, breaking down those strongholds that hold you, that hold you captive. So please join us next time for episode number four. And once again, thank you for being a part of us. Y'all have a blessed day.